Welcome to episode five of the Flickers podcast. I think you're missing a few welcomes there. No, we're not doing <laughs> stupid welcome, welcome. Um, <laughs> but no, welcome to episode five uh, of the Flickers podcast hosted by Jesse Grant and John Grant. Yep. How are you, Jesse? I'm good. How are you? I'm a bit rough. Why? Around the edges. Uh, I'm going to bring down the fourth wall here, break it down. I was, I was up till 4 a.m. <laughs> entertaining guests. And uh, that's just me, you know. I just, I care. A natural born entertainer. Well, I didn't want to say that. But, you know, you did, and that's all that matters, really. Um, those flowers, yeah. <laughs> those flowers on the table. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, feeling a bit rough, but I'm ready. Because right, that's, that's me, you know. I, I just, I like to just get into it. Doesn't matter what happens. That's just that's how I operate. Say what you want. Smooth operator. Hey, you, you <laughs> gave me that title. You know. That's, um, that's what, what you calling me. Anyway, so we'll we'll start off with our flick first stick. segment, flick or stick. Yeah. So in this segment, if you like something, you stick it, and if you don't like it, you flick it. Yep. So if you like, you stick. Don't like you, you hate, flick. You flick. That's uh, how it works. So what's first point of news? So our first bit of news for flick or stick is Taika Waititi is directing a new Star Wars film. Yep. That just got announced. Thank about God. A week ago. Um. What are your initial initial impressions about that? Stoked. Yeah, That'll be so good because, like, he's just going to make it better. I mean, I wasn't a fan of the last one. Whereas, yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and Taika Waititi is one of my favourite directors right now. And you look at what he did with Thor and he'll – I think he'll do really good things think, with Star Wars. I think Thor is a good um, – it's a Comparison. good like, precursor to right. what you could say because there's right. kind of same elements in Thor, Ragnarok are kind of similar in Star Wars. Like they kind of yeah, just have the same kind of and he'll add some feel. he'll add some comedy to it and some humor and yeah, I feel my only problem is is that I hope that if he's directing a new Star Wars movie that he'll be the sole director and the person who oversees everything. Yeah, um, that's what he if needs. They do three films. I think just because the last trilogy suffered from no direction because you had J.J. Abrams come in direct and write the first one, mm-hmm. um, Force Awakens, and you had Ryan Johnson come in. And J.J. Abrams had nothing to do with what Ryan Johnson did in Last Jedi. And then, then you had J.J. Abrams come back and then to like wrap it up. And it just felt like inconsistent and didn't feel kind of like, yeah, it didn't feel, just didn't feel proper. Yeah. No, that's the thing. And, and Taika Waititi as a director, I think, flourishes when he has the full overview of the vision and like that it's his kind of thing. Yeah. And if he can do all three films and... Yeah. Each film, like not many people in his ear, he can kind of do his own thing with it. I I'm, think it'll be good, and I'm, he'll stay faithful to Star Wars. I think as well. I'm still. A, what does that even mean? Because like Star Wars is such a divisive, it's a divisive fan group. Like that, people either love the movies or they hate them. So it's such a toxic. Yeah, that's true. It's a really toxic environment for like fans. So and and just anyone watching, like I hated the Rise of Skywalker. It's terrible. Went, sorry, I absolutely hated it. I hated it in it the first 30 minutes. Yeah. I remember I, I turned... 30 seconds even. The first 30 seconds, like, this is not going to ruin it for you. And we probably should review... We've been meaning to review it, but we haven't really done it yet. But um, it's just like even the first 30 seconds when it's like, the, a mysterious voice is heard over the galaxy. It's the Sith. And no one knows why he's back. <laughs> and just like, but he's back. But he's here. <laughs> and it's like, I can't let that go. Like, I think... And not just a little bit of like a thing... Um. Deviation, but like in Avengers Endgame, they had the rat crawl over the thing, and that that can be excused because that's just a small thing mm-hmm. 
You know, it's just a little coincidence. And you're just like, okay, it's small. And in comparison to the whole movie, it's yeah, tiny. But then when you've got like a major villain just comes back in Star Wars. Yeah, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. It doesn't really make much sense. Stupid. It would be like if in three Avengers movies they go, and Thanos is back. Yeah. How? Why? He's back. Yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty much what they did. Yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. It's just, it was a bit silly. But anyway. But getting back to Taika Waititi, I think he's at a point in his career where this is a good move for him and he can do it really well. He and can he's, do anything. He's, he's, he can really... He's, he's probably the A-list director right now. Like, yep. the top one. Yep. He's got a movie coming out this year. The, with Michael Fassbender, yeah, right? Yeah, the Samoan um, soccer team. Yeah. Which, which sounds cool. Like, it could be quite funny. Um but yeah, I mean, he can really do anything. He's also got the Thor movies coming out, like yep. Blood and Thunder. He's he's busy doing so many things, and he's also in the Mandalorian, mm. which is on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good news. I'm a bit apprehensive just because I'm really off Star Wars right now. I really don't. <laughs> I don't like it anymore. Yeah. It's, it's a weird. It's a kind of. <clears throat> it's a bit of a strange franchise. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. They've I kind of just they ruined it a bit with the last three. Yeah. Or the last two. Well, well, I like The Last Jedi, but Rise of, mm. like, there's problems in The Last Jedi, but it's a really good movie. Because what you had was, just to go away for a little bit, but in Force Awakens, you had a movie that was exactly like Star Wars Episode Four. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same story beats, exactly the same thing. Like Everything that happens in Force Awakens, um, in, in A New Hope, happens in Force Awakens. Yeah. Same thing. Which understandably makes sense because you want people to come back to Star Wars that it made a Star Wars movie in ages and the last movie they made was Revenge of the Sith, whether you like the prequels or not. People didn't generally like the prequels. Mm. So you have to get people back on your side, which I understand, so that movie's great. Common criticism of A New Hope of, of A Force Awakens was that it wasn't exciting enough and there wasn't any surprises. So they get Ryan Johnson to come in and do all these different things. No one knew where the story was going. Like in that movie, it's, so yeah. like it's pretty, you don't know what's going to happen. Like you think Leia dies within... Fuck it, when, when the, the ship blows up, but then she ends up using the force to come back. Like, mm. I didn't think that was going to happen, especially because Carrie Fisher died before, uh, during the making of that movie or just a bit after. So you thought they'd just kill a character off. And then people, people complain that there's too many surprises and it's not like Star Wars. Yeah. And you're just like, what do you fucking want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, seriously, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, then, that's true. And then you got, um, and then, uh, yeah, and then Rise of Skywalker is literally like three films put into one. It's so overcrowded and it's just trying to, it's just fan service like crazy. Mm. Like they're just trying to appease to fans and it's get ridiculous. rid of what happened in The Last Jedi. And it was just, it was just such a lack of direction. And it was just, I don't know. I, I, I actually think the prequel trilogy might be better than, yeah. than the, the new trilogy because you've got at least, you've got one overarching story in the prequel trilogy, you know? But with this one, it's just like... And people are a bit Star wars out as well because mm. you also had like five Star Wars movies come out in the last... Yeah, like the Han Solo one and all you, that. But then you can make the argument that you also get like three Marvel movies a year and then mm. that can also be a thing. But anyway, I'm kind of going to 10. Yeah, anyways, get back yeah. to Taika Waititi. But, any, but that's what I'm trying to get. The point is like I'm I'm just apprehensive. So I'll, I'll stick. Yeah, I'll but, stick it because I think Taika Waititi will make great movies. Yeah. Okay, on to flick or stick number two. What is it? Um... You have to help me pronounce his name. Luca, oh, Luca Guadagnino. Yeah, that's it. He's directing a reboot of. He directed Call Me by Your Name. Yeah, Call yeah. Me by Your Name, and he also directed Suspiria, which yep. came out last year. Um, and he has been uh, brought on to direct a reboot of Scarface. It's a very interesting choice. What do you think about that initially? Um, I don't have anything bad to say about Luca Guadagnino. I think he's a really good director. I think the way he directs and the the freedom he gives with the actors and the way he chooses actors through yeah. not an auditioning process. Yep. Um, like what he does 
he just kind of has an interview, like not even an interview, just a sit down chat. And he just sees what their personalities like, takes them on. He gives a lot of freedom, but his vision's very clear. And so I think he can make a good film, even with Scarface, I think he can make a good film. But I have seen something about Scarface where Michael B. Jordan is in the talks to be, and that will be terrible. I, I, I don't see think why that they do it, but I don't. they do it for the money, and people will come but and think, watch. You know, but Michael B. Jordan doesn't do it; doesn't generally do something unless he's right for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he doesn't, the last terrible movie he did was fantastic. But I mean, if any actor, if you get offered Scarface, you'd be like, okay, I'll do okay, it. But you also don't want to. Okay, I can understand why you're apprehensive, but I also understand the fact that you don't want to retread something that's already been done. It's a reboot. Mm-hmm. And I guess you want people, the original, to like this one. So it's going to be heavy in violence, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it has to follow the exact same story. So I think if you get Michael B. Jordan in it, you could have this, like, African-American gangster kind of thing. Kind of like in the, yeah, just like, I just like a street like film, I guess. I just don't like that. It would be different. It would be different. I just don't like that. It but anyways, back to Guadagnino, I think he can do a good job. It's different to the movies he's made in the past. Yeah, I was going to say. But doesn't mean he can't do well. In it. He's ne- I don't think he's ever made a bad film. Yeah. I haven't seen much of his. I haven't yeah. seen Call Me By Your Name. I haven't seen Suspiria. I've really wanted to watch that, but I don't even remember if it came out. I'm pretty sure it came out here, but I just didn't get to see it. Yeah, but um, yeah, like I'm, I really like Scarface, like the old movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a good movie, and I think it's just uh, yeah, I just love like the violence and just Al Pacino's like incredibly yeah. dramatic, over the top Cuban performance. But that's amazing. what I think works for Scarface. Yeah, that movie is that over dramatic thing, and also. Michael B. Jordan doesn't come from a, a theatre background, whereas Al Pacino does. No, but that dramatic and over-the-top thing, that's what theatre actors yeah, are best at. And Al Pacino is a theatre actor, so that's why he was able to do that so well, but still make it kind of realistic. But, Ma- but Michael B. Jordan can do those things. Uh, I don't know. Like I don't think he can. Definitely, he can definitely... But that's a good thing. Like, if he's got this role, like... If, if you actually think about it, it's probably, like, the perfect role for him... No. ...for his career, because you... All he's done so far is these, like, really insecure parts in the sense that, like, he generally plays people who are, like, carrying something on their shoulders or just, like, an insecurity. Mm-hmm. And then Just Mercy came out, like, this year, like, end of last year. <coughs> and it kind of shows him in a di- different side because he's not, like, the big muscle guy. It's more dramatic yeah. performance. I think for him to take this would be such a massive role because it's so different from anything he's done. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It just makes sense for him to just... Ch- bite into his teeth not to be Cuban or anything but to play like an over the top gangster like yeah you Michael Jordan would never get that opportunity anywhere else like he's always he's a good looking guy so you want Clean to be cut. a certain part you know but yeah like it's just I think it would be a great role for him like I don't know if I would want him in it because I don't know what direction they're going to take the movie like they mm. only just announced that they're, they're going to reboot it but I think for him it would be such a great challenge uh, coming from like just just for his career, just to upset, just so that you would never know and, what he did, and you never know. Like he, he could come out with a, a Heath Ledger Joker situation and do yeah, a good good role, him. but I just don't know about that. But um, I think Luca Guadagnino will make a great film with Scarface. I don't think he can, honestly, from what I've seen from I haven't seen all his films, but I've seen like scenes of different ones, and he just I don't feel like he can make a bad film. Yeah. He's so good and so talented. I don't comes know. eventually. Not really. Yeah. Shadow Island. Scorsese. No. That's it. That's not a great. I mean, people really love it. I don't. I don't particularly like it. Um, people say that. Uh, what do you call it? Like Hateful Eight is not a great. Good ha- film. I really like Hateful Eight, but 
People don't. People are going to agree. Yeah, but I think Guadagnini will do well. What do you think? <laughs> so I'll stick it. But what do you think? Um. Yeah, I stick just because I, I just know he's a good director. Mm-hmm. I really, but I want to know more about the direction they're going to take the story in. Mm. Like I, I just want to know. I just want to know if they're going to reboot the whole thing completely and and just go with a different set of characters and not and or go back to like a Tony Montana mm. kind of thing. In which case, I would really want. Um. And I think that he actually was attached to this Diego Luna. He's this guy here. I think he's in, he's in Narcos and he's also in Rogue oh, One. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would be perfect if they were to reboot mm. it and do like fucking. That's see, that's an actor that, who might yeah, be good for this but role. That's too, but you know what I mean? Like that's too similar to the original. Like you want to like, if I think it, I think a guy like like Luca, I can't pronounce his last Guadagnino. name. Guadagnino. That's a Yep. Had a strike there. Um, I think he would be. I think I don't think he's the kind of guy to like do this to retread the sim- similar waters. You know what I mean? He, he's but he's he's a different director to um the other one where it was kind of like the way Guadagnino directs is he kind of captures like everything and like the setting and like just everything around it like it's not just focused on the people in a way. Yeah. Like he captures kind of different yep. sides of life not involving people. It's good yeah. and I think that works well for this yeah. Scarface. I think this. I think I'm, uh, I love Scarface. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with it because okay. I think Scarface cool. is such a good movie. But you don't. You don't like Scarface, did you? No, I don't like the original. But I think I'm gonna like oh, this one. I think the original is so good. Like it's so like. Yeah. Just I don't know. It's just everything. It's, ex- it's those just movies excess. just aren't like my cup of tea. Though. It's just like excess. That's I love like like I don't really love overly violent. I mean, I like violence, but I don't like I'm not violence in movies. I want to, mm. but um, I think this like. It just the, yeah, just the excess in it, and just like yeah. over the top is it's just so cool, and it's such like an eighties quintessential like kind of like crazy eighties movie. Like it's got everything, like the cars, cocaine, mm. just everything. But see, like that's I don't know, that's just not my cup of tea. But um, what have we got next? So next on flick or stick, the last bit is new images from Avatar. Uh, from I the haven't set seen of Avatar, them. James Cameron's Avatar, um, uh, Avatar two and three because they're shooting them back to yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> And it's a picture of uh, Sam Worthington, Kate Winslet, who's a new addition to the car. She wasn't in the original. And Zoe Saldana um, in like their um, CGI, what do you call it? Motion capture suits. And mm-hmm. they're in like this whole, this like pit of little motion capture balls. So it looks like it could be like an underwater kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've just searched them up there, but I can't really see much. Um but I like the first Avatar. Some people don't, but no, I'm not a fan. I like them, and I don't know. I think I don't. I, don't, I like the first Avatar a I lot. Li- visually, it's a good movie, and I'm not really excited for these. Um, I am for this movie because I just think. Uh, okay, when it came out, right, it was like James Cameron's taken ten years or something, or eleven years to make this movie mm. purely for the visuals, right? And that that's right. fine. Obviously, visually, the movie you can't say the movie's bad because visually, it's amazing. But nothing in that movie is good except for the Why? I think Sam Worthington can't hold an accent to save his life. He's dead set flipping back and forth (laughs) in every movie. Just make him be an Aussie. Just fuck it. Because he can't do an American accent or he's not willing to try. Not willing to try. I don't think so. Or just do like a a 10 things I hate about you thing where like they throw in a line like, oh, um, yeah, I used to live in Australia with my mum for like four years, you know. It's possible for Australian people to go to space too, you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Americans aren't the only ones who get to go to space. 
But um, who wants to see a movie about an Australian? Uh, though? Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I think yeah, he he's not that great in it. Um, I think the story is not is nothing to really brag about. It's very basic. But I guess the story's there. The whole movie is made so you can be like, this world is crazy. It's yeah. essentially James Cameron is the 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 thing you're seeing the movie for, because you know his last movie before that was Titanic, mm. and um and that's quite a visually uh, a visually strong film. But in this one, yeah, I just don't. I'm not, I wasn't excited. I like I, it. I just I like visuals and stuff. Like with me, it's not always just about um the story plot. And so many movies are just like that they. The visuals and that stuff kind of falls to the wayside because it's more focused on the people and the stories, which makes sense. But I yeah. like that other stuff of the film. Yeah. Like that's another part of film know. that is a thing called style over substance. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, I for me, I think Avatar is style over substance. But like it depends what you want the substance to be. Really about it. The substance might be like, the the visuals. That is the substance. Yeah, but it's not. It's that's. But you need more than that in in the films. Like you, like it's okay. It's great to have. Visuals, like I'm not saying the visuals mm. about they're really good, but you need other things to be like to be as good as that. You can't just have one thing amazing and then one thing kind of lacking. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I, I understand like sometimes like movies will obviously like extraction when we reviewed that that's that's an action film and the action is why you're going to see the movie and that makes yeah. sense. But Chris Hemsworth is really good in that movie. Like yeah. it's like he puts in a really good performance, a really strong performance. Whereas like an avatar, it's just the visuals and there's nothing else to kind of back it up. Like mm. everything is going by the numbers. And right. even like in the fucking movie, they got the thing called unobtainium. That's the little fucking rock thing. Like, <laughs> bruh, you could have come up with a better fucking name than that. Like, put in some effort. It's like, okay, back to Star Wars. It's like in Star Wars when they had the Sith Wayfinder. Yeah. Or is it like a fucking dating app for Sith? <laughs> like, that's what it sounds like. Download Sith Wayfinder <laughs> and find your next Sith today. Like, it's like fucking GR. Like, yeah. why? Like, just put in a bit, like, just a bit more effort. And I can, yeah, and I understand. And you know what? And it, it doesn't excuse that movie too because Inception came out like the year after or something. That movie, Christopher Nolan took like 10 years to make that mm. movie. He made movies in between. Not saying that James Cameron couldn't, but like Inception was made for a long time and you can see why. That yep. movie is so intricate, the visuals. And you mean like it's, they've got visuals, they've got the acting. It's just everything's a bit more mm. like if the visuals are good, the acting's good and everything's just like kind of on the same path. So I don't know. Just for me, I, I kind of flick. I don't really care for Avatar. And these images don't get me excited. It's just people in a pool of balls. Like, mm. show me something cool. Like, show me some fucking, like, crazy-ass visuals. So you're going to flick it. I'm flicking it. I'm sticking it. No. So I stuck all three. No. But um, if, I like it. I like Sam the Sam puts in, if he changes his accent, more American, <laughs> then maybe I'll like the movie a bit more. But not <laughs> a Sam Worthington fan? <clears throat> Absolutely not. As Chris Leah said, if they made a movie about Jesus Christ, he'd play Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> he just does the big roles. Bro, have you, he's in that movie Clash of the Titans and Wrath of the Titans. Mm. And like, they're fucking like, you know, like when people do those medieval movies or like the whatever, like the mm. fantasy and they're usually set back in back in time. Um, and they always have those kind of like British, they're kind of like the English-esque like, um, accents. Yeah. It's not really English, yeah, but it, like, yeah. it is. Um. Yeah, he's a full on just being like, "What am I supposed to do?" Like, <laughs> it's like, mate, <laughs> I bet you put him. a fucking accent in for first. I don't like, mind Sam Worthington. Oh my god, <laughs> you know I didn't mind him in Terminator Salvation. Mm. That movie's not that great, but like, I, I think he's he, he's okay in it. But yeah. I just, it's just like, just act. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? He's just he's very wooded too. Like yeah. he's just a wooden. And it doesn't mean that he can't act. Like I, 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 I don't watch him a lot, but like it, it just for me, I just don't think he's anything to brag 
All right, so you're flicking it and I'm sticking it. Yeah. Um, Well, that's it for Flick and Stick. So what are we doing for the first movie? So let's do Free Solo. We're actually going to do three movies today, but there's a twist. M. Night Shyamalan's coming with a little twist. It's not much of a twist. It's just I I watched Capone, John didn't. I didn't get to see it. Um, I tried watching it and it wasn't wasn't working. It wasn't working for me. Bullshit. Um, Jesse believes in piracy. You know, I was like, no, I don't want to. But, you know, I love the film. I love movies. I I want to respect. I want to respect the film. The people who made this movie wanted me to go see it in the theatre. That's what my big thing was. You know, that makes me a snob. Whatever. Just get into the movie. We're doing free solo first. Free solo. And uh, it's a 2018 rock climbing documentary. 2017, wasn't it? No, it's 2018. It's set in 2017, but they released in 2018. Oh, oh, right, right. Yeah, so it's about it's a rock climb documentary directed by Elizabeth Chai Versali. Yep, uh, <laughs> and Jimmy Chin, who are actually partners there. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're married. Um, and it follows the rock climber and free soloist Alex Hondel, Honold, Honold, as yep. he tries to conquer the legendary El Capitan in Yosemite National Yosemite, Park, yep. and it also follows his girlfriend. Sunny McCandless. Mm-hmm. And, and that was my favourite part of the documentary. And it also follows the film crew as they try to come to right, terms with yeah. him doing free soloing and for him mm-hmm. trying to like understanding his reasonings. And, and basically free solo was yeah, climbing the mountain without a harness. Without like Cli- Rock climbing without a harness, without anything. So the obviously. The only thing you have is chalk. Like, yeah. That's the only thing that's helping you in this. And you can find this documentary on um, on Disney Plus too. It's, it's, it's amazing. I... I first heard about this documentary. I'd seen it on Disney Plus, but I'm not really like into sporting documentaries, especially sports where I don't affiliate with, like, um, like surfing. I fucking hate, like, sorry to anyone because <laughs> I know that like there's a bit of surfing in my in our family, but mm. like I'm not really into surfing, surfing documentaries anyway. I like surfing, but like, um, yeah. Th- so I wasn't really keen on it, and then I saw <laughs> I love watching Gogglebox, and then I. <laughs> They were watching it on Gogglebox and I was like, oh my God, this, me and mum were watching it. I was like, that's fucking yeah. crazy. And then I, I had to watch it and I watched it and I swear it's it's an amazing documentary just for the pure fact that it's it's not about it's not about rock climbing and it's not about the it's not about the actual him climbing the rock. It's about him. It's about people coming to being able to live their own lives as individuals and being able to do what mm-hmm. they, what makes them feel alive. Mm-hmm. And this movie is it's it's got such universal themes like that, even though it's such a niche kind of thing. Because mm. only one, they say only one percent of rock climbers in the even in the one percent of rock climbers in the world do free soloing. Yeah, and you know how many people rock climbing? Out yeah, there professionally, not that many. I mean, and also, I just like how the documentary tapped into like it. It, sh- it showed a lot of different sides, and my favorite aspect was it shows his girlfriend. Um, yeah. dealing with the fact that he's rock climbing and, and it's so dangerous and she's kind of like, and she asks him in one of the scenes, like, do you feel any obligation to me when you're rock climbing? Like, what happens if you fall and die and I've got to deal with it, whatever? Yeah. And he just goes, no. Yeah. Like, well, he's such a stoic guy mm-hmm. and you have to be. Like, of he's, course. His, his whole rationale towards dying mm-hmm. in the movie is, um, like, he's just like, if people just die on the street anyway. Like, yeah. if you're, you're like, you're going to die anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like, everyone has their set, Predest- yeah. like the destination everyone's dying yeah like you know that's the certainty in life so like his thing is that like this way it feels more immediate and whatever <laughs> like mm. he's very like stoic and um not really and it shows they do a yeah. cat scan on his brain yeah, and yeah. because of all the like he's rock climbing and doing the free solo climbing and how it's affected his uh i forget the name of the part but the um, amygdala. amygdala yeah and um so his adrenaline and stuff, and it takes so much for him to feel adrenaline or to be stimulated, like, 
because he's yeah. so used to doing all this stuff. So he doesn't really get stimulated. He doesn't get scared. He doesn't yeah. feel like they, a fast heartbeat. They, really nothing. It's they also allude to the fact that he could possibly be Asperger. Like he has his Asperger's. dad has Asperger. Yeah, but they also allude to him that being similar to his dad in that same right. way. Because like he would, he would just go off like Alex, the the main guy, the, the free mm-hmm. soloist. He just when he does free soloing, he doesn't even tell people. Like yeah. the only time he's done it with a f- like he's done it before with film crews, but this like usually Not when much. he does it, he doesn't even he doesn't tell anyone. We won't tell his mum because she'll freak out. So yeah. he'll just do it and then tell yeah. her, "Oh, I'd climb this without harness." Anyway. Um, but yeah, it's like he's such a he's such an interesting guy, and he's such a it's such an interesting story, um, especially with like yeah his girlfriend as you were saying. But you know, a, a really interesting perspective in the film was the actual film crew because how yeah. fucked up would it be when you see if you were filming him and he and slipped he died. and died? And yeah. that's a whole thing. Like they're really emotional about it. Like. And the whole movie is preparation for him just to do it. Like, yeah. Um, I guess people could get be like, oh, he had to like prepare to do it. But like, anyone prepares to do anything. Of course, you know, yeah, like you've you, got to prepare. You can't just ex- expect people just to do something off the yeah. bat. It's not like he just wakes up one morning and climbs I'm a rock. Climb a rock. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that that kind of vibe you could get. Like, if you just if you just like just from mentioning free soloing to something, mm. be like, you could kind of think to yourself, these people just go up there and just climb rocks, but yeah, there's no, like so no. much preparation involved. It's a sport. you got to train. Yeah, there's so much preparation involved in this. Like, he prepares like crazy. He's, he he does that whole visual thing um, where he memorizes what he has to do. Mm. Same kind of thing that race drivers do, like in Formula One. They memorize the bends and stuff mm-hmm. like that so, so that they're prepared because, you, you know, if you're going that fast, yeah, you can't really remember. Like, So he does that same kind of thing. And there's a few turns, and like, the whole the whole rock climbing itself is broken up into different parts. Like you've got certain sections that mm. are really insane, and like he's going through these sections. It's like thirty. And there's like different one ones. bit. I think it, it's called the boulder problem. The boulder and problem, and he has to. He he either has to put his leg across in like this karate kick way, and then sandwich the leg in, and then kind of get the arm over, and then kind of push off that side onto that. Yeah. Or you can do the jump. Yeah. And so he tries both with the harness. And the jump, it's just too hard. Whereas with the karate kick, he can sort of get it, but he still kind of yeah, struggles to absolutely. get it. It's funny because like when I was watching that bit and then when you watch him climb it at the end of the movie, mm. um, I was thinking to myself, like it's kind of similar to like the Dark Knight Rises to oh. when, yeah, because you know in the Dark Knight Rises when uh, Bruce Wayne is in the cave in that prison and they got it and to get out, oh, they right, jump right, with yeah, the rope. Yeah. And it's kind of like in the sense yeah. that like he can only do the move when like he's he's not held back because mm-hmm. it's like yeah like it the safety is the thing he's held me out. he's got to let go and do it so yeah. I'm just like it's so similar <laughs> <laughs> it also reminded me of Creed a little bit too oh yeah. right Creed right too, yeah, in yeah, a yeah sense when like um when he says like in Creed two he says um if we don't do what we love we'll die like yeah I mean, like if we you wouldn't be who you are if you didn't do what mm. you love and that's so that's like. That sums up the whole movie so perfectly. That's what his mum says. She says, like, yeah. what am I going to say to him? Like, you can't do this one thing that makes you feel alive, free and happy yeah. and that you love doing. Like, I can't do that. Even his girlfriend is like, it's funny because, like, his girlfriend is, like, totally kind of like that. But then at the same time when Not push really. comes to shove, she's like, no, like, I don't yeah. want him doing yeah. this. Like, But you, you just have to. Like, you, mm. it's, nothing's going to change his mind. It's like, once you've got something in your mind, it's really hard for it to leave. Yeah. It's just, yeah, impossible for some, for you to let go. But, um... Yeah, it's such a it's so intense and such a beautifully shot film. Yeah, yeah, with um, the drones and oh everything. It was it's, so yeah, nice. and it's I mean it's the cr- scenery incredible for the film. Like you could do a whole documentary on, on the, the film, film crew makers. how they did it. Yeah. yeah, and it's such it's a really personal film, especially because all the film the people shooting it are friends with him. Mm-hmm. So you get this sense that there's such tension in the last bit, not just from him climbing the rock, but 
for him uh, for all these people watching it because they yeah. love him and don't want him to die and like and it's a thing because they go through they go through a montage this is also the thing I don't like about the movie but I found this out after yeah <clears throat> that like when they go through a montage of people who are free soloists and have died and you're just like oh my god and there's a there's actually a shot in the film when the guy's climbing up the rock and he slips and he falls off and he's got nothing and you're like yeah. oh my fucking he's gonna god, die and then he pulls dead. a parachute he last pulls a minute. parachute and you're just like oh my god thanks yeah. like, I don't think I could handle that <laughs> but um, apparently I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast shout out to Joe Rogan he's a big listener of this one I know he's always yelling out to us but um, yeah he um, he was interviewing Alex Honnold and he was saying and Alex Honnold's like I've got one issue with the film is that the people who, who they say died from free soloing actually didn't die from free soloing. Mm. They said they're free soloists, which is what they say in the movie, but they, some of them didn't actually die from free soloing. Yeah. They died from uh, being on a mountain doing something else. Mm. So it's like, he was like, I take some like, yeah, exception to that. But besides that, I mean, that's like the only problem I had with the film. Yeah. Like it, as a whole, like it's really, you can't really fault it. No, it's, it's really it's, good. It's such a personal film. Like, you can every aspect of that movie just feels as if, and it's only you're, really you're, yeah you're beside him. It's only really him, his mum, his girlfriend, the film crew, and like his climbing mate. Like yeah. that's it. It's very small and like a yeah. niche group. And and what put the film to perspective for me, like in terms of his achievement, because this is what an amazing like mm. this is amazing athletic achievement was the quote that one of the other rock climbers did, and he's like, "This would this what he's trying to do is like." What you're trying to like if this is the win, Olympics, you've if, got to, yeah. If, you if this win, is the Olympics, you have to win the gold medal, and if you don't win the gold you medal, you die. Yeah. So you have to do the perf. You have to do the perfect event, like do your event perfectly. Yeah. Or you die. Yeah, exactly. Not one slip up. Yeah, and if I mean like that, as soon as you said that, I was like, that really hit me. I was like, holy yeah. fuck! Like this guy could die. Like it. Like obviously you feel that way, but that really summed it up. And it happens early on in the film, so you're just like everything from then on is just like. It's crazy and mm. it's intense and you can't like, – you wonder what drives people to do that. But then again, like people do crazy things all the time. Mm. People are driven by so many things and it's such a good exploration of that, what makes you feel alive kind yeah. of uh, theme. And it's uh, kind of a thing like – and what they kind of show with him talking about it is that he just loves doing – like that's what he loves doing and it makes him feel happy and free. So like when you say – what drives someone to do something like that? Yeah. The same thing that drives you to make music. The same yeah. thing that drives a, a rugby player to play yeah. rugby. It's, it's just something you love and yeah. it makes you feel free and alive. Yeah, It kind of reminds me a little bit as well. It's 127 hours. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's also like, that's... She's in a rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a rock in that movie. It also reminds me of like every other movie with a rock in it. Um, but like, this is the best rock climbing thing I've ever seen. I've seen another rock climbing uh, thing, I limit. think. No, never seen it. Oh my, that is actually, it starts off in Utah and it's possibly the worst, <laughs> worst rock climbing movie. Even rock climbing people, because it's actually, um, I've, been, I've been obsessed with this guy ever since I watched it. I watched yeah. the movie and he does a, an explanation of um, other rock climbing in movies and he's like, Vertical Limit is like the worst <laughs> rock climbing. It's like so unrealistic. But yeah. there's also Mission Impossible 2 um, at the very beginning when... Um, Tom Cruise is doing all stuff and he's like, that's actually kind of accurate. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like some, he's like some bits are accurate, but anyway, yeah, it's, um, he's such an intense character too. Like, and his hands, holy fucking shit. He's got some mitts. Muscular got hands. Mittens yeah. on there. Like his hands are crazy. <laughs> like when I, I didn't even realize that when I was watching the film and then I like, I think I was just watching the Joe Rogan one. I was watching Joe Rogan talk about it with someone mm. else. And then, <laughs> 
And then he's like, dude, have you checked his hands? Like, he's like, what the fuck? He's, and then I looked at his hands, like, they're like fucking, they got biceps mm. on them. Like, they're like, what, like massive. muscles coming out of here and here it's and here? Fucked. Like, you're just like, in your stuff, like, this is a guy's hands. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Well, it shows him doing chin ups, like, to warm up in the yeah, morning. His fingers. And he'll do, like, 30 chin ups straight, of, like, just with his fingers, like, just yeah. like that. But he does it, like, super quick yeah. and it's so easy. Yeah, he's, he's incredibly cut, too. He I bet he could do 100 chin ups straight. Well, he. In, yeah, he could. Yeah, probably. Mm. He could, he's, he's, he's strong enough. And that's the kind of thing like he's... Well, you're climbing a rock with no harness for four hours. Like I also love the bit in the movie, with kind of the only bit in the film where he ever shows emotion is... is um Once he achieved it. Yeah, but, that, <laughs> but also before when he's talking to other free... The, the guy, this other guy who's a free soloist. Yeah. And you can see and that... Like, he loves it. He just loves other. talking about yeah, it. Yeah. They're on the same level. Same wavelength. They understand like... The other guy's like, yeah, I get it. He's I like, I, I just couldn't, he's like, and the guy goes, like, I couldn't do it or whatever. And the other guy goes, okay, I get you. Like, Yeah, yeah they yeah. understand that, like, he's, he's the only one who could understand mm. what he's going through. Especially with the film crew, which is like a massive, yeah. even though it's really cool they got a film crew, it's also um, a problem It adds pressure and it changes the dynamic of what you're doing. And, and what also makes his documentary great, I think, as well, is the fact that it's shot over the time of him doing it. Mm-hmm. It's not shot after. Like he's not talking about, I went back and I did this. You're like, yeah. oh shit, did he actually yeah, do you know it? Most <laughs> documentaries are kind of shot from like with hindsight mm-hmm. with the going through yeah. doing this. And like, I, I really like that. It, ke- it keeps attention, especially if you don't know the story of him. And I, I recommend anyone who doesn't know about Research him. him. It's yeah, research, cool. but also maybe just watch the film first. Yeah. Um, but I think also a good argument for, um, maybe a good discussion point from this film is also the fact like he's, this is probably one of the greatest athletic achievements ever. And mm. I put him up there with some of the greatest, um, well, probably, if not, he'd definitely be in the top 10 greatest mm. athletes of all time. Yeah, well. It's amazing. What he he could be classified as the greatest rock climber of all time. Yeah. Um, free rock climber. Yeah, and we're not, um, we're not too well versed. No, so of we course not. But I mean, like, say, yeah. just because he's done something that no one else has done. So yeah. it's the same kind of thing as yeah. Usain Bolt or yeah. Kelly Slater yeah. or Mayweather, whatever. Like, he's in that class of athletes. Yeah. Percent, but like he, um, yeah, definitely up there with the greatest athlete. And you know, it's like thinking yourself, like when you're watching um televised sports in the sense that you're watching like NRL mm. or something, and everyone going about like or NFL for that mm. matter or anything really, they're always like, Oh, these guys are beastie, and like these yeah. guys, are, like the meat, like pre athletes, and you're just like, Yeah, no, that guy climbed that rock, that's a fucking athlete, like, yeah, that takes that's something else because like you couldn't get like you could, no one else could do that, like mm. you know what I mean, like he. He's just—he's an amazing athlete. He's like one of the greatest, and it's one of the greatest achievements I've ever seen in my life. And I'm so glad that they filmed it, and I got to see it. Yeah. If he had died though, that would really <laughs> fuck me up. And he in the movie, he I don't like, think they would have released a documentary if he they, died. They, they do that. They do that. I don't know. There's um, uh, there's a there's a documentary called Grizzly Grizzly Man, mm-hmm. and in, in that documentary, the guy dies, and he's oh, living spoiler. with bears. Well, <laughs> you would know that before, but like um. Yeah, fuck, I had something to say and I forgot what I was going to say. But, like, I think, uh, yeah, fuck, I forgot. But it okay. was a good point. Oh, no, like, I was going to say how, like, um, there's a bit in the documentary and he's like, oh, yeah, we suck. it would suck to, like, die in front of your friends. Like, that's not cool. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's not cool. You're no for fucking them, shit. Like, for them. Because <laughs> yeah. if I die climbing by myself, like, that's fine. Yeah, he's like, that's not cool, though. Yeah, he's like, that's yeah, not it's cool. not cool. <laughs> You're right, it's not cool. I'd rather not see you die. Yeah. But, um, yeah, oh, my God. I, I highly recommend this documentary to anyone who's just... What would you give it out of 10? Oh, a nine. Nine. I, I really, I'm giving a 9.5. Yeah, I can't fault it. It's so good. It won the, it won mm. the Oscar for best documentary. Right. Um, yeah. 
Rightfully so. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not. I think lately I've been getting to docu- to documentaries. Um, I just think that like the documentary format is is something you can also just explore a lot more mm. in terms of the person. Like it's with mm. with films, you can get lost in the visual and the spectacle, and it's a bit more immediate. Whereas mm. like documentaries can go a bit more in depth. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm really keen to watch some more sporting documentaries. And if anyone's got a sporting documentary for me to watch, um, or any for Jesse and Mike to watch, yeah, just I shout them seen out. Them, yeah. Oh my god, I want to watch something like that every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> like it just makes you feel alive. It just makes yeah. you feel like you want to achieve. Like kind of similar in, in the sense to um, it's motivating. I brought it yeah. up before, but like, it was like a inspiring, inspiring moment. But like, um, just mercy. Like you know, just mercy kind of has that same thing. That's like. You, you need to live your life, like, like mm. you get one life and it's something you need to do. And yeah. I love walking out of a film knowing that, like, I, like it just makes me want to do something, like, it just makes me want to achieve something. Yeah. Like, same, like, I just feel like, in, Just Mercy does it in a different way. It's not, obviously, not rock climbing or anything like that, but mm. I think, I love movies that just really make you and push you out of your comfort zone or really want to make you push yourself out of it. I think just movies that make you think. Yeah, hundred percent. They're the only movies it's I something like. Something stimulating. It, yeah. To me, if a movie doesn't make you think, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. But it is um. Stimulating. But yeah, so I'll give it a nine point five. You give it a nine. Mm. What's the second movie? Okay, we're doing? so let's do Capone. And Capone second. Yeah. Well, we'll okay. Do a classic movie. Okay. Last. last every time. That's all we right. do. We can stick to the format. Um, this is the format. But anyway, I didn't see it, and I really want to see it. So maybe I'll do an inv- individual review on it on our Instagram page during the week when I just get to see it. Um. I fuck. I just got to say sorry, guys. You know, sorry to all the fans out there. I let you down. I'll yeah, he did down. let you down. He's lazy as fuck. Down. That's all not right. true. I um, have plans. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I watched it. He didn't. Um, so we'll, we'll, I'll ask him questions and Jesse can go okay. through most of it. Yeah. Ask me questions. So Jesse, what's the movie called? Capone. And who's it starring? Uh, Al Capone? No, Tom Hardy. Yeah, it's, he's back at the dead. <laughs> um, what year did it come out? This year. 2020. Oh, my God. You know a lot about this movie. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> Come on, ask me some um, stimulating so, okay, questions so here. What's the actual plot of the film? Like, uh, what, what? Don't tell me what happens, but just tell me like, a general sense of what. Well, it's just following. It's kind of just a character study of Al Capone and an untold story of Al Capone in his final year. Yeah, where he was forty-seven, I believe, or forty-eight yeah. years old. He's a lot older in the trailers. Um. Yeah, of course. He aged because, yeah, and it talks. Prison. He got. He started having health problems when he was fifteen. He he contracted uh, syphilis. Um, wrap up and so like from the age of 15 he had syphilis and then he was getting dementia and all stuff and he's slowly deteriorating and in this last year of his life it just follows him with having uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and all this stuff and he could just um, so to speak and he was seeing things and it's just a character study of him over the last year and it's not the problem that I see other people having with the movie is that there wasn't really a plot yeah, it's more like, of a character study of mm, a man. And when, it's more of a character study. And when you watch the trailer, you're like, oh, it's going to be the FBI and they're going to be seeing if he really does have dementia or it's all an act yeah. and that he's pretending. But when you watch the movie, that like where he says, oh, I think it might be an act, that's like this 15-second scene, which means nothing. Yeah. And so I think people might be like, oh, well, it's really about nothing. But like, I like it. It's just a character study where you have really cool visuals of him seeing weird stuff. Yeah, is that um, cool? Because that's the... When we, when we when we reviewed the trailer, the visuals look ago, awesome. That was the thing I was really keen on, and how they play with his dementia and the visuals. Yep. So how does that how does that work out? Um, really well. I loved it. I yeah. think like just you, and they do a good job of blending the things that he's imagine that he's yep. imagining 
and real life. Yeah. And sometimes those movies can get very confusing, especially when the movie's all about someone imagining stuff. Um, it can get confusing, but they really did a good job of, uh, you can kind of tell when he's imagining something. Sometimes not, but that's just, but it was, I don't know, I liked that bit. Um, Tom Hardy was brilliant in it. So, my, okay, so like I think, when I've watched the trailer since then, and like I've, I just, I was getting the impression also that Tom Hardy might be a bit over dramatic. Is that what he's like in this film? But does it work in this film? It movie? works yeah. because the whole, uh, like, he really understood the, um, I guess you could say, the rhythm of the film and the the, I, the vibe, the, the vibe, the tone for. of the yeah. film. That's what it was. Well, the visuals are crazy. Like, even the grass at his house is, like, super green and the water's, like, super so blue, you know? Quite nice. Yeah, it's very nice. And so everything's kind of eccentric and... Um, so the way he acts and it's very over the top, it, that's for the film. It works How do better. you think Josh Trank does as a director in the film? Do you think not having a plot has really hurt the film? Uh, from that, like going in that in People that are going to go see it, but I think it not having a plot means people won't rewatch it. Do you think it's good? Okay, yeah, but it. I like, see, I, I'm kind of different because I like films. I don't need a... a a serious plot to have a film where like you have like, okay, the bad guy and the good guy. Like I don't need that. I like films that kind of like, it's just a character study into his head and into the, to the way it's affecting the people around him. And I quite like that. Is this character arc? Um, like, is there a character arc? Like is the same Al Capone, the person you see at the beginning different from the one at the end? Yeah, there is. He, you, he, Tom Hardy does a great job of showing him slowly deteriorating. And by the end of the film, at the beginning of the film, he's super crazy. Yeah. But by the end of the film, like, he's even more crazy. Yeah. And it kind of shows as well his whole life and the the job and career that he had. Yeah. He he couldn't really trust anyone. He spent his whole life not trusting anybody because yeah. he can't at yeah. that position. And so even now he's got dementia and stuff. He just can't trust people. And so it makes him imagine all this crazy stuff and he goes even more crazy and just yeah. builds and builds and builds. Okay. Um. What about like anything else stand out besides like Tom? Because what I'm getting the thing is that you Tom Hardy's mm-hmm. killing it in this movie. Yeah, um, and that you really liked it. Is there anything standing out like music wise or anything uh, like that? Not so much music wise. I think supporting just cast supporting like, like the I forget the name um, of the lady who plays his wife. Linda Cardellini. Um, yeah, she does a really good job, and you see how the impact on his kids and um, his just family, his nieces, yep. his whatever, and. Um, I think they all did a really good job. Like, no one really turned into bad performance. They really showed the impact on everything. Um, it was incredibly relatable and, and uh, kind of, even though it was eccentric, it's still real because you look yep. at people who are older getting dementia and stuff and they'll be in bed and then they can't help it. They'll just shit themselves. Yeah, and then the wife in this movie. and the wife will have to clean it up. And he, and he does it and then he doesn't realise. He's like, whoa, 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 what happened? Would you know? You like, my shit? No. I'm not your wife. Um, That's depressing. I clean yours. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, and it's just sad. Like he's only forty-seven or whatever. Yeah. And, and what you, what year is it set in? Is it in the forties or fifties? Forties, forties, forties. He was born eighteen ninety-nine, so it's like nineteen forty-six. Fucking hell! Imagine being, imagine being that old. Like I could just forty away. something, no, but like there's a woman who just beat coronavirus. She's 113, mm. and you like think to yourself, she's lived through two world wars. She's lived through fucking the depression. She's lived through Vietnam War. She's brought in the TV. Yeah. She's said in the iPhone. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like so crazy. It's just yeah. Like, um, yeah. No, it does. I was just like thinking about that. <laughs> crazy being 1899. Like 
you think of like if you mm. thought someone was born eighteen ninety nine, they'd be like ancient. Obviously, he's not alive anymore. But like, um, so do you think that this movie was good? Good was suitable for its um for a streaming service, or do you reckon you would have loved to have seen it on a bigger screen? Bigger screen, yeah. definitely. I mean, don't have an option now, but I think it well, worked I mean, like, better on a bigger screen just with the visuals and. Um, do you think could have held out for for theatre? Because, I mean, everything's kind of, but kind of reopening now. Yeah, but I think the, there are theatres overseas that are open. All theatres in China are open. Yeah. Um, theatres in many... Switzerland, everything in Switzerland's open. Like, it's really just Australia and America that's... Well, Australia shouldn't be behind it all. We're fine. America's lagging, and I don't know what the hell's going on I've with that. I've got them. a twist for you, Jesse. I've got it. What? I've got it. Oh, I've right, right, right. Um, any more questions? <laughs> <laughs> Any more questions? Listen, mate, I'll be asking the questions around here. You didn't ask me questions, yeah? I'm in charge. <laughs> That's what I'm asking for. I'm questions. Give me questions. Um, no, I mean, like, do you think that Josh Trank can have a career after? Because I think that was also a big point of when we reviewed right. the trailer was that we weren't sure if he could good director or bad yeah, director. Yeah, we, we don't know what he is. Uh, well, this movie is going to be defi- uh, divisive, yeah. and I think. It's not going to be a movie that goes, oh, he actually is a great director. Yeah. Um, for some people, they'll love the movie. For some people, they'll be like, eh, what the hell was that? Yeah. Um, for me, I loved it, but I think, I feel like 60% of people will be like, eh. 40% of people will be like, that's a good movie. Okay, you know? So you, okay. Do you, so do you think that was a good idea on his part to take a movie like this? And, or do you reckon he should have been safer and taken a bigger um, movie? No, I don't think. He was going to think Star Wars movie. I, I don't think any artist should play safe with anything. So yeah. I, um, I think it's fine. Okay, I'm really keen to watch it. I, I just hope that like I don't know. I feel sorry for Josh Trank. <laughs> Why? Because I know that like he got fucking screwed with Fantastic Four. Like he actually got fucked over. Like there's like things from like um from the studio just interfering and all that. Kind yeah, of jazz. yeah. And it, and then, then then the movie came out and he's like, I didn't. This is not the mm. movie I wanted to make. Well, I mean, th- this film was much better than well, Fantastic he Four. It, directed it, yeah. Directed it, produced it, wrote it. It's a good film. It's it. good. Yeah. Okay, well, oh my God. So what would you give out of 10? 7.2. Okay, I'm not really liking. <laughs> like Why? 7.2 Maltesers. Yeah. In, in my head, it's just 7.2. We're going by 0.5s. <laughs> no, so no, we're not. 7.2. Oh. It's, okay. almo- it's almost a 7.5, but it's a 7.2. It's a 7. We'll give it a 7. No, 7.2. I'll give it a 7. 7.2. Okay, all right. So that's that's good. Did you like that? Yeah. Did you like how like you saw the movie and asked your questions? Yeah, but you need to pick up. You need to hold your end of the bargain That's and be, be faithful I to these re- people. I do everyone's parts. People are, people are wanting you to do your job here, You know what? John. They don't pay me enough for this We've got shit. 59 followers wanting to hear your opinion okay, on a movie and you, you won't even watch out. it. Okay, yeah. Well, at least I don't diss out the followers, you know what I mean? I'm all what about you, you guys. How Respect. am I dissing the followers? Respect. You diss the followers. I'm not. They messaged me. All 59 no. of them messaged me and they said, that motherfucker. No. Just fucking just getting up our skin. No. Calling our skin. And I said, cool it, cool it, guys. Cool your jets. Cool your jets. <laughs> um, anyway. <to> <laughs> moving on. My classic movie Friday this week um, was Dead Poets Society. And it is a 1989 drama film by Australian director Peter Weir. Very underrated director, Peter Weir. Yeah. His last movie Very. was the, uh, the Way Back. He hasn't made a movie for like 11 or something years. Anyway, so it's starring Robin Williams, Ethan Hawke, and Robert Sean Leonard. And it's set in 1959, and it portrays a conservative boarding school interrupted by a charismatic poetic teacher mm-hmm. who challenges the students to be individuals. And 
Um, I'd and to think for themselves. Yeah, well, that's that's being an individual. No, people don't get that. You say individual, they'll be like, okay, whatever. But no, think for yourself. I'm, I, you know what? It's a I'm good, a big advocate this, this for that This movie's too. a good jumping off point for like, like you could almost imagine Dead Poet Society being the prequel to um, to Free Solo in some sense. Like doing doing what? doing yourself and right, challenging right, like right. being an individual. Right. Yeah. Because you know, especially nowadays, um, just going away from the movie or, or still saying within the realms of the movie that people want to be seen as individuals, but no, there's only very few individuals out. And uh, there are. I mean, people don't want to think for themselves. Life's a lot yeah. easier when you don't think for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I so if you listen to whatever people tell you to do and you just do it, okay, life's easy. It comes up with this like this gripe I've been having on like Instagram. And it's like people who like do like a silly video of themselves and they're like um like like doing stupid voices and then they got the caption like and like their caption is like I'm so weird and it's like bro, no, you're not. We'll decide that. Like yeah. you don't decide. Yeah, you decide. Like, it's fake individualism. Yeah, see, like that's what I and this movie is great. Like and especially for free solo, these movies are great for like being yeah. an individual and um. Yeah, I'd seen this movie before, like, a long time ago. It's kind of like a staple. I think everyone mm-hmm. generally sees Dead Poets Society. Yeah. Um, Especially if you went to the high school we went to. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I mean, it's very similar. One of the things for me in films that really gets me... Um, when you can relate. It's not just that. It's um, that really gets me hooked in and when I really love a movie is the world that they build in. Right, So the right. world, and you understand the rules and everything around. Like, the world is set. Peter so, Wee is good at that, building yeah, a world. But, like, also in this movie... Um, specifically, you you the sense of conservative conservatism and just everything, right. um, just being a certain way is so set. And especially even being in boarding school, like that is like the whole so world true. of boarding school is so true. Like, and it's it's very relatable for us because well, Peter we is Australian, and I haven't done much research into him, but I'm guessing he went to maybe a boarding school it's or possible, something it's because the way that he set up this boarding school and had the students all set up in the dormitories and stuff, it is so similar to every like Australian private boarding school. Yeah. No, it's like very similar. It's definitely, yeah. Like it's funny how like accurate it was, especially oh. relating to, cause we, I mean, I finished school in 2011. I'm um, Jesse and I both went to um, St. Joseph's school. Yeah. Um, in Hunters Hill. Hunters Hill. And um, it's a boarding school. And we I boarded, Jesse boarded for a little bit, but not, not mm. the whole way. I boarded for three years. And I definitely got the sense, like, this is boarding school. Like, it felt exactly the same. Yep. It felt, it, it felt everything, it felt like it never changed. It mm-hmm. felt like that, like, it just, it, the way that they eat dinner, yep. the way that they study, it just all felt really The jokes they do even. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm just looking up to see if Peter Wee went to uh, a, <laughs> a private school. Holy he shit. He did, right? He attended the Scots College. I knew it. I that's, told you. That's a good one, yeah. I told you. He also friends with Philip Noyce. Right, right. He, he's, yeah. He met no, I, I told you. Um, he directed uh, the... Uh, and Joey's and Scots are very connected in a way, so... But... Um, yeah. Anyway, so this movie... I knew it. Um, it yeah, it's... Yeah, so remis- reminiscent of our own experiences mm. at Joey's. Like, it, in every way, pretty much, yeah. And it, even like the smell, like when I was in there, I could just You like could smell, smell everything, yeah. I could yeah. smell everything. I haven't been there, like, I haven't been, jo- I haven't been yeah. there for so long. I just like felt like, yeah. So like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it, it's such a good movie and just the the story it gets across to anyone, a teenager, a young person, even a parent, you know, like it's very, I, I just like love the message the, of it. The question, ra- the film raised, raised the question for me was that, when do we lose our ambition and our goal? Because I feel like the teachers in that film were so set in a certain way because they're, they're all mm-hmm. about putting the kids through thing and letting the kids decide after school right. what they need to do. And that can 
And for me, I felt like none of the kids, like the kid, the main guy, Robert Sean Lennon, I think his mm-hmm. name was Neil in the film. He, his, his dad had a life set out for him, but he had mm. this whole ambition of being a do- um, an actor. actor, right? And for me, I don't know the the feeling of like when do we ever? The question that came for me from this film was when do we ever lose that sense of wonder and and, and exploration in ourselves mm. and being individuals when we're you know like when does that go away? For me, I would right. say personally. I've, I, I don't think I haven't lost that yet and I think it, ha- it might happen to everyone and, and I think it probably happens to a lot of people where people get stuck in a certain job and then they lose the ability to be, to be wondrous and just be well, exciting. It's, it's back to the same thing. Not it's saying just that they can't do that. Like it's that's it's thinking for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, and people, uh, you know, they, they don't want to. Yeah, 100%. And honestly, like... People want to say, oh, no, I want to think for myself and I do think for myself. But really ask yourself that. Are yeah. you an individual? Yeah. 99% of people aren't. I think, yeah, 100%. And I think everyone in their own life can see times when, yeah, I, di- I did that and I dressed that certain way or I acted that certain way because I was conforming. Yeah. You have, I have, yeah, everybody everyone watching this has. Like, conforms. Yeah, and it's just, and it's a good message to get across. Like, why is that? A thing, you know? Yeah. Well, it's just like, it's funny because like you want everyone to be an individual and stuff, but this is kind of deviating from the movie, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but at the same time, when... When like, can it become too much? No, not that. It's just that like... Because it can. Everyone, everything's been done. You know what I mean? It's very... It's, it, mm. Not many things haven't been done. If, if Like, you know, I don't know much mm. stuff that's been done. So it's like, no one's really an individual. Like everyone has got a sort of common ancestry in their individualism. Right. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. That's just the kind of point I was trying to make. Yeah. But, um, but no, I... Yeah. I, back to the movie. I thought Robin Williams was amazing in it. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like he chewed up the scenery. I think he can do that in some movies, especially with comedians. Robin like. Williams, to me, when he acts, is so good because... Um, I remember asking Dad if he had a theatre background, and he does. Yeah, it was Juilliard. And Juilliard. And it's so obvious because the way that he... Every single word that he ever speaks that comes out of his mouth, he understands that word. I feel like he's got such an honest voice. And he, but he has what it is though is that he he finds the meaning of every sound that comes out of his voice. Yeah. Like every sound, he knows the meaning of that, the yeah. purpose of that, why he's saying that, yeah. and it just comes across so strong and pure. And he does so much work. Yeah. And him playing a teacher teaching poetry yeah. works so well because he's just a master of words and bringing words to life. I also love, to me anyway, um, I felt like Robin Williams' character in this and in Goodwill Hunting sort of, and also Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting have mm-hmm. a sh- kind of shared ancestry. Like they're yeah. kind of similar yeah. in that sense. Like it's a, mm. it's a similar role. So like you could imagine that like the the therapist that he plays in Goodwill Hunting probably Tim. is the guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after, after he got yeah, fired. Like you could believe that. Right. I love thinking about that in some yeah. movies are like, this person played this yeah. character and it's like, could be like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it could work out like it could be set in the same universe. I love that. I also thought Ethan Hawke and Robert Sean Leonard um, good. had really good chemistry. Mm. I really loved yeah. their, um, yeah, I, like they're kind of brothers. They felt like brothers mm. and I felt like one was lifting the other one up and I love Ethan Hawke's um, character arc. Yeah. I think it comes like really full circle at mm-hmm. the end. The ending is amazing when they say like, okay, mm-hmm. my captain, my captain, like, that's a, that's a really like not te- I didn't get really teary, but I, mm. you you could feel it. It's a, such an emotional thing. And Ethan Hawke did such a good job at showing the character arc where he kind of played because he played a shy guy in the beginning, yeah. 
and he played very quiet and he said all his words in a way that it felt like... It was very like, timid. It didn't, like, you didn't... The words didn't get across and what whatever. Yeah. And so, like, it's kind of like he said nothing all the way to the end. And so then when he finally does have this explosion of emotion, yeah. it's you feel elevated like, because yeah. of the way that he... Yeah, he plays the character. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Like, yeah, it's just like... um. Yeah, he just has a really str- he's just like a really strong. Mm-hmm. He's like his presence is so his presence is so timid in the movie that the way he comes across like the feeling that you get from him in the movie is very timid as well. Yeah, and so the character arc works especially well because you're feeling the sense that he's not even in the film. Really. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's not even really that present. But then when he makes, he's a scene, not until he's the big. last ten minutes. Yeah, like you're like, oh my god, he's still there. Yeah, um, <laughs> the. Oh, I him. <laughs> I thought they captured the archetypes of people in a classroom or in a school quite well. Yeah, long. yeah. But like all those kind of people, like idiots. The, yeah. The, but, not, but not in that kind of typical American pie way where you go like, no, it's more like in a, real in a realistic way. way. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's kind of, it's exactly the same. Like mm. I, everyone knew people like these in high school. Definitely. Funny, like No Wonder or like, yeah, that no was like, <laughs> fucking hilarious. It was so good. Um, and I, I also thought going back to like the school element, the power dynamic between the teachers and the students mm. was um, just really just quite resonating to me. Yeah. And it just also outlined how fragile that relationship is. Like if you don't have... A teacher-student teachers, relationship. If you, but, if, but like if you don't have... Teachers have... There's not enough... They have this... Put on them. Like teachers are so important so in important. development. Like they, you're, with, you're at school... Like, you know, I think everyone... You're 18. Everyone needs like a teacher in their life that yeah. kind of change their life yeah, and it's like a mentor a, a mentor you need that and I've, yeah I it's really so think. like it's so common that people never even get that exactly. from a teacher like, or like not even have more than one and like, putting down the know. teachers i went to school with, i don't want to put down anyone's mm. profession i'm not saying they're not trying but i never really got that sense and it's not like you want right. every teacher to be like yeah, <laughs> but like you want people to really impact your life mm. and impact your thinking. And I, I mean, me, it was I relatable really for me because I had a teacher like that yeah, teaching so I drama. Never, I never really felt I had. I had teachers I liked, mm. but I never had a teacher that really wanted me to challenge mm. myself in that way. And the and that it is so important. Like the message of this movie is so good, and just like what a teacher can do if a teacher shows. Uh, a belief in you or if a teacher sees something in you that they took the time to see something in you that maybe you didn't even know yourself and they get that across, like it can really change your life and make you a happier person. Especially in like, um, like poetry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the teaching of poetry in high school is so dull. It's not done with any passion. That is that. That's good poetry. Like the way they do it in a movie, like, it, they go through it's like kind of a methodical way mm, where it's like, like a theory to what like, makes it good it's like a feeling it's not yeah it's not anything else other than that you can't express yeah. your art like it's an artistic form like exactly you can't quantify that in a graph no like, do you know what i mean like you can't do that and for me that was definitely something in high mm. school that i absolutely ha- i used to hate poetry and yeah you know and now it's really up until now like in my later years that i really get into like reading yeah. poetry or just like being Interested in that kind of and using poetic And that's the thing, like that. the way they teach things at school is like it's too methodical. I it's mean, not done with any passion. Why? Why introduce kids to Shakespeare through uh, through reading Shakespeare yeah. themselves? Like, no, it wasn't made to be read like that. Yeah, it's made to be. Performed. It's made to be seen. Yeah. You watch it or perform. Absolutely. If you perform Shakespeare or see it for the first time, you'll fall in love with it and then read it and yeah. like it. Whereas if you're introduced to it through reading, you won't like it. That's why most people don't like poetry yeah. and Shakespeare and that stuff. When really, you introduce it. It's t- taught wrong. In a, we- in a weird way. And I, I really don't want to like offend like people who like 
teachers or whatever, but I feel mm. like kind of offended and kind of like let down that I wasn't given that opportunity, that mm. we weren't given those opportunities to, exp- to feel the passion of that poetry right. in that way. Because you feel like you're robbed, like you're robbed of, of, char- of charisma, you're robbed mm. of like, yeah, the passion, you're robbed of intensity because you're not having that same experience that the, the writers themselves are trying to give you mm. and you're getting these dull things so that when, so that when actual poet, poet, uh, poets come to your school or writers mm. of books come, everyone just like, like, kind eh. of like, eh, because no one cares because yep. it's not done with any passion. Mm-hmm. So it's so annoying that, I, that we never got that and now you have to experience it afterwards, which is what Robin Williams' character in the film tried to do. He tried to instill some sense of yep. individuality and some love mm-hmm. in them so that when they're in school, they can think for themselves, not when they're after. Because yep. like, you spend most like you, your formative years in school. So like it doesn't. And make once sense. once you've graduated school, then you go yeah, to no uni, and after six years of uni, you're 24. Your brain's developed. You can't think for yourself yeah, now. Exactly. That's gone. Yeah, exactly. And it was like a thing in the film too with uh, Neil's character, how like his dad when he when he performs a really um in mid in the Midsummer Night's Dream, mm. um when he's acting in that, and then his dad sees it, and you think that like it's gonna be all good, but no, his dad's like you're going to military school, and he's gonna yeah. kill himself. And then our other brother Dylan, he's like. Why would he kill himself over that? He could think about that. Like <laughs> he could, and even Dad said that too. Yeah. But they were like, "Yeah, why would he kill himself? Like after ten years, he'd be fine." It's like, but then you're like thirty. Exactly. And then, and then you've you've lived most of your life mm. a lie. And then anything. if you don't going back to can't free solo, be who you want to be. Like you can't be who you you need mm. to be who you be. If you don't do it, and in Creed too, if you don't do what you love. Like, and also, you if you're seventeen, if you're seventeen years old, ten years is like is a lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Because you've only been alive really ten and a half years. Yeah. So ten years, an extra ten years in your head, you're like, holy shit! Yeah, so you so kill yourself. And we're gonna obviously gonna spoil this movie made in 1989. <laughs> seen it already, but like it's it's a movie everyone generally sees. But yeah, yeah I thought um, Neil's suicide in the movie really like yeah was. It's like putting that forward, that point mm. forward that you need to do you. You need to be individual. Yep. You need to live your life because no, no one can live it for you, and you can't live in the fear of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just really, it was, a, it was a really impactful moment. I really love the bit where like he puts the wreath on his head. It's like one kind of last act of defiance to his dad, and like mm. he lets the cold in. It's like the thing he's gonna feel before he dies. Yeah. It, was, it was a really intense scene, and I thought the sound editing was amazing. Uh, the way that they with uh, when he opens the window and you can hear the wind come in and it yeah. sort of turns into music and then you d- and uh, I thought it was really masterful directing on Peter Weir's part when he cuts out he, you don't hear a gunshot that's cut yeah music builds to a tense and, and then it cuts the daddy goes what what was that sound it was so amazing that's yeah. such a beautiful like it's just an artistic way of showing like yeah. of like guns like you know what I mean like. Of like a gunshot, it's just like mm. they build the tension and then released it as soon as he wakes up, and it you just never it hear just the felt, gunshot. Yeah, it just felt so amazing, just kind of yeah, it's intense, and um, yeah, I just <laughs> it did me dirty too when they fucking when they're like we're going to investigate the murder. Oh I just god, like, you know like you know why so he killed himself, yeah. like. But no one wants to believe that you need. People need to take. They, people feel like you need to take a blame for something, and especially I mean, if it's your kid and it was your fault that he killed himself. Yeah, you don't want to believe that. I mean, yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. You don't want to believe that you mm, were the problem. I mean, no, and fair enough. Like you don't want to, but no. sometimes you know, adults you need to take like we need to take responsibility, and it, it's a thing in the film too. Like adults have such an effect on us that yeah, or like with younger people that they need to take an account. Mm-hmm. A younger person, just because you're young, doesn't mean you can't think. Yeah, and you don't know what, and you can't feel. And and you know, it's just it's teach the kid to think. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, and do it in a respectful way, which Robin Williams also says, like, no, I'm telling you to think for yourself. I'm not telling you to disrespect people yeah, for exactly. having a different opinion because yeah. they're older. Yeah. Like, 
think for yourself, but still be respectful. Yeah. Don't. You know. I really like the. Um, I just really like Robin Williams in this movie. I think yeah, the fact that he's an overplay his hand because comedians can do that. Yeah, like of course. you know, you got Jim Carrey, and not, no disrespect to him, like he's great in some movies and he does downplay in some movies, but he does like, a big like showy thing. And Robin Williams can do that too, in, like Mrs. Mm. Doubtfire. But this role requires him to be quite subtle, mm. and he's such a great dramatic actor. Yeah, like he's just got this really great. Um, he's got this really great nurturing and loving tone to his voice, mm. especially in like Goodwill Hunting when he's talking to uh, Matt Damon. You just get the sense that he's he just he he does caring so well. Yeah, like he's he when he's caring, it's just like oh, like you yeah. feel like you feel it in your soul and you feel mm. it in your heart when he's talking. I love movies like about school. Yeah, like um, like School of Rock. Like <laughs> it's kind of similar in a in a sense. And, um, yeah, like a teacher coming in yeah. and changing, impacting yeah. kids' lives. You, yeah, or Dangerous Minds. Have you seen that? No, Michelle Pfeiffer. No, it's, uh, Gangsters Paradise. You know that song. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My life, yeah. the gangsters, finish it. That's it, that's the one. Um, yeah, that's a really good one too. Or, um, what was another one? Uh, there's a Ryan Gosling one. It's kind of a bit different. It's called um, Half Nelson. I haven't seen it. And it's like, a, he's a teacher in like a, uh, he got nominated. This is the first like Oscar nomination. He got, um, right. he, he's a teacher in like a kind of, uh, like uh, African American mainly school, oh, yeah. and like he teaches the basketball, and like he's just an like, English teacher as well, and he looks after this student, mm-hmm. and he's also. But Ryan Gosling's also a drug druggie, mm-hmm. and like yeah, it's a really good movie. I think right, he's really right. big. it's really quite raw and stuff. I watch um, it, but yeah, I, th- I think one thing for me, and I, I think it's a very common, com- not common criticism for me in most movies, but I always want one more scene. I always want <laughs> one more scene between. I wanted one more scene between Ethan Hawke and um. And uh, Neil, Neil, because I really wanted. I, d- I know. I just always want. I always want more. If right. that's one thing, and that's how you know right. movies good for me. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you always want, want more, more yeah. Like, and um, like, hey, I want more of that. So I don't like, want to what say the hell? <laughs> but like, yeah, like you know, there's a scene when um, Ethan Hawke and them are in the room, and they're like, he takes the paper, and they're running around. Yeah. I just wanted another scene like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like one more. I love the scene when they chuck the board out. They have such mm. a really brotherly kind of yeah. banter and chemistry, and and it doesn't feel that like. Usually in a movie like this, you could feel that Ethan Hawke's character is a bit of a loser. But yeah. they but they never but portray not, that. No, like no. the people around him are never they're like you're bullies a loser. Yeah, they're not or bullying no. him. They don't they like they just understand him. Yeah. It's more about that. I love the like the ensemble of the of mm-hmm. the people. I think everyone puts in a really great performance. Um yeah, I think Rob Moon's a standout. Ethan Hawke was really amazing. He just that like, I don't know, he's just he's a good actor. He's a great actor, Ethan Hawke. Of course he is, yeah. He's, he's got such a great filmography. Um yeah, it's just a great movie. And I, I really wish Peter Weir directed more. Mm. I, I really miss, like, I, I always Google him from every now and then. And I'm just like, is he going to direct something? Because <laughs> he cause he's such a good director. Like, he's such a great movie. Like, Picnic, Hang Rock, Gallipoli, mm. um, Master and Commander, Truman Show, this, mm. Way Back. Even Way Back is not the best movie, but it's not bad. Like, it's like, oh, he's got these great movies and you just, yeah. You just wish he did more. Because, yeah. you know, it's a great filmography and you, yeah. It's just, it's just, it sucks that like he hasn't made <laughs> anything because you just uh, you know anyone who doesn't make a movie for a long time you just wish they did made a movie yeah but and then um, you realize the process of making movies you get okay that's yeah, why but he's old, to break. He's old <laughs> like, but yeah it doesn't it's not, yeah. not it's not an excuse Peter not that's everyone's <laughs> Woody Nel- oh, uh, no what's his name Clint Eastwood uh no 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 he's old um, as fuck. Woody Woody Allen Woody Allen not yeah. everyone's Woody We're Allen call him Woody Ch- Harrelson no Nelson. <laughs> Uh, yeah, look at his brother. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Willie Nelson, Woody, um, and then that, how would how would um, Woody Allen do um, Willie Nelson? What's a Willie Nelson song on the road again? Is it uh, on, on the road again? Like, <laughs> like 
can't, I can't, I can't get, can't wait to get on the road again. Like, you know, we're supposed to that neurotic Jew yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't, I can't wait to get on the road again. <laughs> I just can't. He's, he's a good comedic actor. He is. That's like just playing the same, same role. Woody Allen's good. Yeah, some people he's not. He hasn't been convicted of anything. Uh, not yet. He won't ever be because there's no proof. That's because he fled the country, I think. No, there's no proof. He, he did a Roman Polanski. How do you feel about that? Just like quickly diverting right. a little bit. How do you feel about separating the art from the artist? It's very important. It's completely you different. Think, do you think you could listen to Michael Jackson? Well, Michael yes. Jackson's been proven, but R. Kelly. Um, I never listened to his songs before. But sure, if you like his music, listen to his music. I used to play R. Kelly Ignition yeah, at my gigs. Right. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm just like in that place where I was like, oh. it's hard. Like I don't... I don't mind being able to separate it, but it's not me who I'm playing for. I'm playing mm. for other people and I'm getting paid to do that. Mm. So it's like a thing where it's like, I don't mind, but I know that I, like, I haven't been affected by sexual yeah. assault. So I don't know how that feels. So if I play a song like that and someone has been, how do I not know that? But also, especially now in 2020 where everyone has a platform themselves, people are literally professional like uh offense takers like well, they're, they're like professional warriors, of, of offense people yeah, like they take offense time, to everything yeah. and it's fake offense yeah, but like it does make sense it does if you really want to think about it it, it it i can understand why it can be harmful and but I, I but the amount of but the same amount of people that have come out and said like woody allen has uh sexually <laughs> uh, has done this or whatever yeah more people have come out and said, I have never had a problem with him. Yeah, working. Like, with women him. have said that. Like, I worked yeah. with him and never had a problem. You know, I never got that vibe. I mean... One hot day doesn't make a summer. No, know, but also... Nice one person doesn't make No, ever. but it wasn't. It was more than one yeah, person. Know, but, but also, uh, it's kind of like, if he hasn't been proven of anything, why should any of his stuff be blackballed? Yeah, you know, same true. as Michael Jackson. He was never proven yeah. of anything. Why should you blackball that's any true. of his music? Woody Allen hasn't been proven of anything. James Franco hasn't been proven of anything. Yeah. But then these people, that like their reputation's tarnished over yeah, someone who could be that, lying. Yeah. yeah, like it doesn't take, yeah, you need to like mm. innocence. But that's such, a, that's such a powerful thing to, and I don't want to like just stay on the fact that people have a sexual assault because I think, and, and just, like, mm. I think that it's such a powerful tag just to put someone on. Like, if I say to you, like, if I tell everyone that you're, so, like, you sexually assaulted me. Yeah. Everyone's going to think badly about you. Exactly. Even after the fact. Exactly. If you've been proven, because they like, oh, he was the guy who was. Yeah, was accused, accused of. Yeah. Not like, to be disrespectful to anyone who has been, because that's not what we're trying to do. No, but of we're course just having, like, not. Discussion. But it's, yeah, it's the it's type of thing What about like, with films? Do you feel like with film, like, it's easier to separate the art from the artist in a film? As opposed to music, like it's hard for me now to watch Kevin Spacey movies. Right, right. But I really like Kevin Spacey. Like I love Usual Suspects. And right. I think we're going to review that. But then you, weeks. but then you look at him and think, oh, God. yeah, exactly. So, but I wonder if I like. I don't know if it's different with music or if it's the same with music as it, as in film. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe not because film you're seeing the person. Yeah, music you can just. Have it on your phone. Your phone's black, and you're listening to the song. You don't see yeah, the person's again, face. Like, if you listen to like R. Kelly, when he's like, "My mind's telling me no, but my body." Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How fucked up is yeah. that? Listening to that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and yeah, like I, that's kind of. Sim- I don't know. I don't know where to draw the line between mm. that. And maybe I, maybe well, I'll never know how to draw the mm. line. It's just something that we'll just have to live with. But um, yeah, it's just like I don't know. I thought that was like a little interesting discussion when mm. we were on that tangent. But yeah, that was. What would you give? <laughs> Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society. Eight and a half. Yeah. I'm probably the same with you. I really liked it. Yeah. I think 
It's just a perfect movie if you were at school. You know the, yeah. those movies you watch at school? This is yeah. definitely one of them. I think if anyone's in school right now, watch it. I think yeah. it's important. I think it's maybe a movie they should have like... It's a movie they should study at school. I wonder, do they do this at Joey's? Do they play movies on Friday night? Uh, yeah, um, we used to have, not Friday night like specifically, um, but I know like in year seven, um, our assistant board coordinator, he was on Monday, Wednesday, every second Friday. Yeah. And whenever he was on, he'd put a movie on and yeah. he'd watch like an hour and then the next night, watch the next hour. Yeah. Finish it off, you know? Because like, I remember once um, when I was in year 10 and uh, we had a movie night. Well, it was like we, we had like a movie area, but it wasn't like a movie night. And mm. I was like, I've, I had the DVD 30 Days of Night. Right. It's right. a vampire movie. Yeah. Oh my God. Best vampire movie ever, um, in my opinion. But uh. Yeah, and, I, and we put it on and it's so violent and all the boys were just like yeah. so into it. It was just like such a good feeling. Like it was yeah. such a shared feeling and like, yeah. I love like big movie nights, especially mm. when you show a bunch of movies, a, a movie to a bunch of people who don't know it. Don't, yeah, That's why yeah. I love doing this podcast. Because Ex- I think I love- Giving like, people an experience an ex- that they might not yeah, have exactly, had or yeah. heard of, yeah, whatever. 100%. And um, yeah, I, I definitely yeah, give it like 8.5. I, mm. I know. I would love to have like a uh, yeah, movie night, classic movies. You know what we should do when the movies open up is um at events cinema in George Street they have a classic cult thing right on Fridays yeah. and they play like old movies we should go to more of those we yeah. haven't been to one but we should go yeah because I would love to see like older films just like yeah. on a bigger screen like when Prince died I saw Purple Rain on uh, right. Ed Hoyt's Broadway oh did they play it yeah when he died oh, yeah wow. I was so good it was so emotional that's cool but anyway yeah um it's a good episode I, know, I, I was happy with that I think we had good uh, good chats um next week. Just a preview. We're going to review Last Dance. Oh, We've got right. A special all, all the episodes. Yeah, special guest in Dylan. Special guest coming in. Dylan Grant coming Dylan on the podcast. Grant. He's an NBA fanatic. <laughs> fanatic. Yeah, he's a fanatic. fanatic. He's a fanatic. And, um, no, he's not a fanatic. Because we reviewed the first two episodes, yeah. but we'll review the whole series uh, in total. And I haven't watched it all yet because I'm waiting yeah, for it all year. to come out yeah, to watch so from episode four week. onwards. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I'm going to binge it this week. Yeah. I don't know what old movie we're going to do. I think we, there was a talk of doing Usual Suspects. But we'll see what but we we'll see. What, what's we everyone watch we don't. We just leave it up to the gods. The, the gods. gods at the Foxtel because <laughs> they put the movies on the yeah. TV we record. That's all we do. Um, but um, Yeah, I was happy with that episode. No, it seems good. But next uh, episode will be a good one. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, the brotherly dynamics come yeah. in. Hopefully, people get a sense of what we're kind of more realistic sense of what we're like. Doobie this Brosh. is, you know, we're a bit played up. Um, we have to be on our best behavior. Can't be saying inappropriate words. Not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe fuck. you, not me. Fuck that. What's a sexy pussy six nine? Is that <laughs> um, okay? That was Jesse. Um, but anyways, <laughs> good good episode. Yeah. Uh, all our stuff will be down below uh, email instagram account so just follow us and email us whatever um so yeah all the everything will be down below so thanks for watching this episode awesome. and we'll keep delivering them every week thank you guys